Abba Yahweh, your truth, knowledge, and wisdom in any scripture that is shared, that it is to enhance, to encourage, to uplift my brothers and sisters, Father, to share your truth coming from your word, your word that you authored. Thank you, Father. Abba Yahweh, Aman. Eshu Aman. Paraklitos Aman. So praise be and glory be to God, because this is all about him, truth and knowledge that comes from him, and that there are individuals that are portraying that, but not sharing it in truth. And we have been told that we need, pardon me, that we need to do that. We need to know that in being about our father's business and that we are given a huge, powerful gift by the Lord, our God, our heavenly father, Abba, Yahweh, and that that gift that he gives to us, freely gives to us with a grace is our redemption in Jesus, Emmanuel, Christ. Jesus, first part of the name of our Lord, means Savior. And at the feast in Jerusalem, when he's riding a colt through, the word Hosanna is actually, it's actually a split part. It sounds like when they're saying it in many portrayals in these Hosanna, 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 it's all one word, but it's actually broken down. Hosanna, Hosanna. And it means, Lord, save us. It's not just a declaration of Acknowledgement to his being Jesus, the Savior, but it's crying out to him to save them. Now, you got theologians that will go two different directions on this, but in my perception of this and, and my belief in the reality and my faith tells me that, that there are those that were crying out in that because they know and they knew at that time that they were lost and that they believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, and that he did come to save our souls, and that they were crying out to him to save them. And then you got to flip that coin over, and on the other side of that coin, you had those that were believing that he was going to come and he was going to kick tail on all the Romans that were there in occupation. And he was going to save Israel. Well, that's not exactly what Jesus came to do. The saving grace that he brought from God Almighty was to save us from ourselves. And while we were yet at enmity with God, he still sent a sacrificial lamb who came and said, I'll go. I will do this thing. They are ours. 
and he did come and he did die. He did so because he is Jesus, Savior, Emmanuel, God in us, God with us, Christ, anointed of God. A powerful thing, a powerful thing. And there are individuals that traveled with Jesus that recognized and knew this thing. You have Mary Magdalene. She was Mary of Magdala, small village. And Jesus knew her. He redeemed her. He saved her and he came. And it's kind of an interesting thing that the Pharisees always want Jesus to come to something that they're hosting because they want to trap him or attempt to trap him. So he was at a house at one of the pharisaical leaders. His name was Simon. And he was invited for supper and sat down to eat with them. And Mary came and she blessed Jesus. She washed his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with her hair. And then Simon, thinking to himself and maybe whispering to other guests here, <laughs> and he claims to be a prophet. If he knew who she was, he wouldn't let her touch him. And Jesus had actually spoken to them about this on other occasions. You worry so much about what's outward that you have no concern about what is inward and the contaminants and pollution that you have within. You're so caught up with what's going on and what you touch, which is exactly what he tried to explain to them with the parable of the Good Samaritan. They didn't want to touch this man who was a Jew who had been attacked on the road and left to die. The Levites stepped over and around him, walked by, didn't touch him. They were, Levites were the elders who were in charge of custodial practices at the temple, kept it tidy, put things away, made sure that the scrolls were put up and things were set up the way they were supposed to be. And then you had the priest that would come and they would cross completely over the road or step over him and cross the road to get away from him because he was unclean. And they didn't want to be contaminated by touching that person. They didn't know who he was. It was dark, it was night. All sorts of excuses they had. And yet a man, Samaria came, touched him, picked him up, took care of him, got him to a place to stay clean and taken care of. And so the Pharisee turning and thinking to himself and talking to the others were, man, if he knew who she was, he wouldn't let her touch him. She's unclean. She's a sinner. Except that the physician came for those who were sick and lost. 
that great physician came to heal and to touch, not to condemn. And as he responded to him, he rebuked Simon, different Simon, not the same one that we know or are familiar with. But this particular Simon was rebuked by the Lord and said, Simon, you didn't even offer me water to wash my feet when I came in, which is a common practice. Didn't even offer me any. You didn't even greet me with a holy kiss. We have issues with individuals and nowadays they get all weird about that. And the Bible, the scripture tells us that we're to greet one another with a holy kiss. But there's individuals that get all uptight about that. Oh, I'm not going to kiss a guy. What? What do you think? Where's your mind at? What are you thinking about? How earthly can that be? We're told in the scriptures to greet each other with a holy kiss. If it's a holy kiss, it's got nothing sexual to do with anything. But then you've got these individuals that will, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get caught doing that. You give a, give a little bust by the ear, back on the cheek. Goodness gracious. We're told to do these things. We're told to, to honor each other. We're told, and, and this man who asked Jesus to come to supper with him and eat at his house didn't even offer him water to, to clean his feet before going into his house, didn't anoint him, didn't even greet him with a kiss when he showed up at the house, none of that. And here Mary shows up. She comes in and immediately goes to Jesus and is weeping and washing his feet. She anoints his feet and she wipes his feet with her hair. This man who came and called her by name, who redeemed her, who loves her, who knows who she is, and she knows now who he is and that he is the only begotten son of God and that the authority that he speaks with is true authority. The authority that the Sanhedrin speaks with is false authority and is authority that they get from their own mindset. And it's got nothing to do with the truth. And Jesus has called them out on that several occasions. One in particular where he told them that their father is the devil. They didn't like that, didn't appreciate it. But then you have another occasion when another Mary, Mary of Bethany, comes and they're at a supper. And Lazarus is sitting at the table with Jesus. And Mary comes and she anoints Jesus' feet. She cleans his feet. She wipes his feet with her hair. And then she anoints his feet. And this is when Judas Iscariot complains and gripes. And he carries the purse for the disciples. So he knows and is aware of what goes in and what comes out of that bag. What is deposited, what is spent. He's paying attention to that. And he declares openly that, what a waste of this. We could have spent that spikenard. We could have sold that ointment. It's expensive. We could have sold it and fed the poor. 
the truth and reality is that Jesus already knew. He cared nothing about the poor. He didn't care anything about them. This was a verbal ruse. And he explained, he said, the poor will be with you always. I will not be here always. And she sought to bless that which is more important. We have to be aware of certain things that we're told in the word of God. That we have to be willing to be in the truth, seek the truth, his word, his wisdom, and his knowledge in all things. All things. And these words that I share with you, brothers and sisters, are to be about our Father's business. And that we are to be that way. The greatest gift that he gives us, we can find it in the book of Ephesians. And we can find that in Ephesians 3. That is 3 and verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church of Christ Jesus throughout all the ages, world without end. There's a promise and declaration and a description that we have been given is that he will be with us until the end of the age, always with us, always in all things. In the book of Genesis, the Lord declares to Jacob that he will take him, he will guide him, He'll keep him, love him, and protect him. And bring him back to that land that he has promised. Brothers and sisters, we are given in grace with so many things. And the gift of life that God has given to us to be together with him, that he provides that for us, and this is a truth for us, And that we are called to be together. And the message, though it was not directly from this passage, but it was with relative passages. And we need to be aware of this. And I've shared it with you several times before. In Hebrews Chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. That translation that we need to uplift one another, pray for one another, exhort, lift up, make them more than what they are. Exhortation. We are told these things are important. 
in relationship. Relationships define us. Are you showing out that light that God shares and gives to us to share, to show out? Or do you keep that closed away and you become embittered and so angry and agitated with others that are around? Or do you shine out that light that he gives us? That light that he's put into us. And do we return that to him? Because we cannot, we cannot love without the love of God. If we try to do this on our own, we find many excuses. I'm guilty of this. I walked through this life before grabbing onto the truth. And that I was walking through life in the love of mammon, not the love of God. But many of us do that very thing. It's a sad thing, but one that I I do regret, but I'm not going to live in remorse and allow the devil to drag me down that, which he, he loves to do. He loves to take us into that thing in the past, and almost immediately you have individuals that will jump all over that. Sadly, they're alleged loved ones, but they want to remind you of how terrible you are or were and that you'll never change. Well, first of all, by what authority do they declare that? They have the authority of the sovereign Lord God Almighty to declare that a person will never change. They're gonna be the same as they were. That is pointing the finger, condemnation, degradation, belittling, that's all of the devil. All that is of the devil. And all you have to do is simply rebuke that do not engage, do not become confrontational, especially if they're a loved one. Love them, pray for them every single day. That's what we do, that's what we're supposed to do. And eventually the timing is not ours. We have to remember this all the time in everything that we talk about. The timing is not ours, the timing is God's. And we have to accept that, we have to be aware that the timing is his. It's of his import. There may be a very particular reason that he's not allowing that to change right this moment. What we have to do is we have to remember that our relationships define us. And we need to be in a relationship of the Lord God, with the Lord God, and following his teaching and his word, his truth, his knowledge, his wisdom. And not that that we want or that we desire, because the thing that we have to remember is that it's always in his timing, not in our timing. Our watches function on different time zone. Complete one that we can't even get the watch to work in. God's Timepiece works on his time and 
it's just not our. We can't. We can't begin to fathom this. This is something that we're told that we should not even attempt to do. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His truth is much higher. And his love, the perception of his love is beyond anything we can even try to understand. My brothers and sisters, you're in my prayers daily. Be blessed, stay in the word, seek his truth, seek his knowledge and seek his wisdom.